My friends, our readings today give us the opportunity to reflect um, on what should be central to our entire life of prayer, but often we overlook or we're so focused on other practicalities, uh, and that is the love of God. And it's just important every now and again to just stop and just consider, like, God loves me. Uh, all the other stuff that comes up, and it's important as so much of it is, like, but at the heart of it all, like, God loves me. And we're taught this as children, right? Jesus loves me. God loves me. The whole thing. And because we're taught it as children, we can often dismiss it as something childish or that we're not actually concerned about it. We don't often think about it. But the reality of the fact that God loves me, like God loves me. What else is there? Like this is so fundamental. The God who created heaven and earth and the stars, the galaxies, the everything and holds it all in being at every moment loves me personally. And our readings all point to this uh, in a very particular way. Um, That God invites us to come. He's calling out for us. He loves us and he wants to fill us with his love. And it's only the love of God that can authentically fill us. Our hearts were made for the love of God. To be filled by the love of God. And it's only that love of God that can authentically fill us. And so as we get from the book of the prophet Isaiah... All you who are thirsty, thirsting for love, come to the water. And then to consider that we can't, we don't earn God's love. There's nothing we do to earn the love of God. This is actually the best cure for pride. When we're feeling really proud and vain, consider why and how God loves you. God doesn't love us because we've earned it. Oh, you made Dean's List this semester. Wow, God's going to love you now. Like, no. That's not how God works. God loves us because he's good. Not because we are. God loves us because he's good. You who have no money, come. Receive grain and eat. Come without paying, without cost. And drink wine and milk. God loves us so much. The creator of heavens and earth, holding them in being, loves you and I personally. He loves us in this um, incredible way. And that we don't earn it in any way. He's just calling out to us. This is what God does. He just calls out to us and wants us to return love for love. He wants us to know that we're loved by him. And oftentimes we're kind of spinning our wheels, going over all these different things. And God is like, hey, I love you. Like, I love you. Let's start with that. How much more confidence would we have in all of our daily interactions if we just remembered before everything, God loves me. God loves me. Okay. And now we can act uh, with total confidence. Uh, that confidence is something St. Paul had in a special way because he, he saw, and we read in the second reading, what will separate us from the love of Christ? Will anguish or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword? No. We can't, none of these things can take away the love that God has for us, that love in Christ Jesus, God made man, that he has for us. None of these things can take it away. No amount of persecution, famine, weakness, nakedness, peril, the sword, no amount of disease, pandemics, social distancing, none of it can take away the love of God. Now that God loves us through all of this, nothing can take away the love of God um, in that way. No external thing. What 
takes away our experience of the love of God. What takes away um, that? Sin. When we sin. It's not that God stops loving us. Even when we sin, God keeps loving us. But what happens when we sin? It's like having a closed fist. You can't put anything in it. When we sin, we close our fist to God. And so he doesn't stop loving us, but we stop wanting to receive his love. We close ourselves off to the love of God when we sin. This is what sin does. God loves us the whole time, but we close ourselves off when we sin. Sin is me grasping at my own shallow happiness. Sin is me just trying to take it for myself and holding on to a handful of nothing. Ultimately, the things that we pursue when we sin, they're not going to last for all of eternity. But the love of God does. God's love for us. No created thing could take that away. No external thing could take that away. The love that God has for us, we only lose it, so to speak, when we sin and we close ourselves off to it. But God continues to love us. St. Paul is convinced none of these things, angels, principalities, present things, future things, powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And then we hear in our gospel, you know, one of the things people don't want to pray or they're worried, we, if we have too um, weak of an image of Almighty God and his goodness to us, God is too busy for me. Look, there's a pandemic, and people are getting sick, and people are dying. I can't pray that they just have the type of bread I want at the grocery store when I go. Like, God's got bigger stuff to deal with. No! God doesn't have anything bigger to deal with than what one of his children wants to talk to him about. We should always bring to God our concerns, no matter how small or trivial they may be. God's so much bigger. God can take care of everything. In the gospel, Jesus just heard of the death of John the Baptist. And this is a line that could be a throwaway line that just sets the context. But really, think about this. Jesus just heard that his cousin, John the Baptist, was put to death, was, was killed in prison. And John is the forerunner of the Lord. So this is for our Lord as well, a, um, a foreshadowing he knows of the death that he will very soon suffer. And so our Lord sees this in that way, that supernatural way, knowing that John's death, just as John went before our Lord in birth and in preaching, so John went before our Lord in death. And so our Lord, who was born and who preached, um, again has his gaze turned toward his uh, imminent, almost, death. And so he wants to go away to a deserted place by himself, to pray. Um, I'm sure to pray uh, for John the Baptist. I'm sure to pray to talk to the Father about this is where we're getting into the end game here in a real way and to be with the Father and to have a real human sadness over the death of his cousin. And what happens when he goes away to be by himself in this moment and to be with the Father? The crowd figures out where he's going and they follow him. And he lands on the shore and there they are. And you would think like, hey, Jesus has bigger things to deal with right now. You all need to go away. But no, he has pity on them. And his heart was moved with pity. And he cured their sick. God's never too busy for me and my needs. 
There's not God's love. It's never like God has too, got too much on his mind. When I have a need, as small or as big as it may be, God wants me to bring that to him. And he doesn't say, go away, kid. I got other stuff to deal with. Like, get in line. God wants me to bring this to him because he loves me. God's never, ever too busy for us. And so, um, this love of God, we need to place ourselves firmly in the love of God. Our whole spiritual life and moral life is a response to the fact that God loves us. Um, He loves us so much. There's a a second point in all this, though, that I want to consider, which is a little bit more difficult, maybe, but I think it may be something that, that we are experiencing in this time, is that God loves the crowd. Jesus loves the crowd, but now evening is approaching. And what are the apostles? The apostles, what do they try to do? Get rid of these people. Lord, send them away. There's a big crowd here, and we can't feed them. We can't take care of the practicalities. Every man for himself, send them on their way. Right? They need to go off. The apostles have the wrong... They don't understand. They don't understand the love that Jesus has for these people and the power that he has to be able to provide for them. And so they try... The apostles try to send them away. And there's been a very real experience in the church in these last six months that maybe we feel like in a time of world crisis... Um, many of the successors of the apostles and priests um, have sent people away, that we closed and locked our churches, we canceled the masses. Now, a lot of it um, was prudential and important, and only God um, can judge whether our bishops made good, prudent moves or whether it was um, bad decisions, and we let you know our Lord work that out with the bishops. I was just, I'm actually very grateful, and I've said this a number of times, to our Archbishop, Archbishop Blair, these last two weeks, I was with a number of priests from around the country or parts of the country that were still able to travel. Um, and it, there are many places where the restrictions um, were so much worse and the churches were ordered to be shut and locked. We were at least able to keep our church open. Um, there are many places where it wasn't just confession upon request, but it was a confession if it's very serious and you're dying. Um, and we didn't have that. People, even we didn't have hours, people were still able to ask to go to confession. I believe our, our apostle, our shepherd, Archbishop Blair, acted very prudently, um, but with a real concern for, for God's people in the Archdiocese of Hartford. Um, but in many places still, maybe we feel abandoned and that we've been pushed away to go in time of crisis, fend for ourselves. Um, And that's something we need to wrestle with and we need to talk to our Lord. But ultimately, it's not the crowd that tells the apostles, go do something about, like, like, no, it's our Lord. Our Lord tells the apostles. He encourages them. Who's the person who will continue to help shape um, our bishops and our priests in how to be good pastors? Our Lord. And so we should pray for our bishops. We should pray for our priests. We should pray that Jesus continue to say to them, Um, there's no need for them to go away. Give them some food yourselves, that our Lord continues to instruct and even correct those uh, that he has placed in authority. So maybe that we have had this feeling of being told to go away. Uh, We feel like we haven't been cared for. Now, here's the thing, though. After our Lord says this, 
It's not like he says, okay, apostles, you want to send people away, you're fired. We're going to get some other people. It's those same apostles who are called to hand out the loaves and the fish after they're multiplied, right? And so even if we're frustrated with the church, and if we get frustrated with our shepherds, and as a shepherd, we, we deserve it plenty at times, um, it's, there's no salvation anywhere else, right? There's, there's no other game in town. We receive the love of God mediated through the church of Jesus Christ. And that includes the weakness of those um, who are uh, charged with the well-being of the church. And so we still go, it's the apostles who still hand out the food after they wanted to send everyone away. Uh, and so in a real way, when we're centered on the love of God, we need to pray that the apostles, um, that the bishops and the priests throughout the entire church continue to have confidence to, that Jesus can care for people, that he does, that we shepherd always in his name, and that we on our part as the faithful of the church need to say that even if there's um, been weakness or poor decisions or at times if our apostles want to send us away, like ultimately when our Lord converts them, then they're the ones who are still going to feed us and that we still receive the love of God mediated always through the church of Jesus Christ, even the weakness of the church's ministers. And so today, my friends, we can reflect on this. We put God's love first. It's at the center of everything that we do. He loves us so much. He calls us to come to him. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And even when we sin and we close our fists, he just wants us to open it up so we can receive his love again. He's never too busy for us. And he even continues to love us, even when at times the weakness of the ministers of his love um, seem to get in the way of that. And so today um, we pray that we may be refounded on the love of God and that the ministers of the church may always be faithful ministers of this love so that all people may come um, come to the water and receive grain and eat for nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord.